coming up on your favorite podcast. The Super Bowl is set. It is the Eagles and the Chiefs, but not without a little controversy, at least certainly according to my guys that will be joining us tonight, Ryan and Zach, the usual suspects. They are angry. They're mad as hell. They're not going to take it anymore. It's going to be no doubt a contentious pod as we talk officiating, we talk Brock Purdy, we talk the Eagles in the Super Bowl, we talk Mahomes, we talk the ankle injury, we talk Burrow, we get into some of the coaching moves, Frank Reich hired by the Panthers, Kellen Moore, the new OC in uh, LA, just so much to get to tonight as we get set for the Super Bowl. It's the Super Bowl preview next on the pod. That's right, strutting and cutting all the way to the Super Bowl. It's the Tim Anderson Podcast. I'm Tim. That's my buddy, Zach. I'm going to introduce the coach first. Uh, Back at it again. Looking good. Zach, good to see you. Good to be here, Tim. It's uh, another lovely week in the school system. I'm ready for... uh, Ready for some football talk, though. A little break from it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you just seem like you can't get too far away from the school conversations. And every time you think you kind of got a, a beat on it, there's always something new that pops up that just makes you shake your head. Can't figure it all out. And on the other side, uh, a guy who... I don't know what the hell's happened. Uh, like, everything has just fallen apart in the last five days very ill. This is what fatherhood's going to be about for the next uh, 17 and a half, 18 years. Ryan Nelson Kane. Ryan, what the hell is a matter with you? I want to preface this by saying I haven't been sick in three years. I have been the model of health for three years, other than the tooth issue I had a couple weeks ago. And, and that was planned. I needed to get that done. I have a double ear infection and strep throat. And I'm a 29-year-old man. I have no idea how this happened. Uh, I have been elbow deep in poop. Uh, Yours or the babies? The, the babies. The babies. Uh, and I'm, I'm beginning to be confident that the bacterial infection may have originated somewhere from that pile. Yeah. Uh, so it is... Uh, it's been, it's been a nightmare. Maybe wear gloves next time. Fun. You know, I don't know if you know this or not, Tim. I have gigantic hands. And stop it's, sticking your hands in the poop and then in your ear. Yeah, just well, stop doing that. It's not, not like that. It's, you know, just gets everywhere. And, you know, some surfaces get sanitized and others apparently get missed. Jesus Christ. Like, where, what happened here? Is it, is it like, uh, See, is he spraying like everywhere in the house? Like, what's going on over there? Jesus, Tim, you're Christ. asking me. You're asking me to make sense out of nonsense here. Uh, I'm, I'm giving you the best I can. I mean, you make it uh, sound like he's. Guy. You I'm, make it sound like he's got like a proton pack of shit. Like he's a Ghostbuster. Just it's just the willy nilly no, all not, over the house. It's not necessarily inaccurate. This kid, <sighs> this kid poops as much as my dog, and my dog shits in my house like three times a day. <laughs> 
It's all bad over here. Speaking of poop, Helen Moore was just hired to be the Chargers OC. Hey, that's what we need for a middling offense. Yeah, Kellen he, I mean, Moore. He was, he was out of a job for what? Twelve hours. Yeah. I don't even think it was that. I feel like I heard the announcement that he was out this morning, and like by noon, the Chargers had him in the in the fold. I, uh, I, uh, he had a top ten offense three times in the four years he was OC. I just, you know, I think that's fair to say. It's okay <laughs> to point that out. Do you think that Brandon Staley saw the last play of the game and was like, "I need this guy on my staff." Right, he saw the last play he called as a cow- Cowboys coordinator, and was like, "Yes, that yeah, was, that's mo- moving the chess pieces." Work. Do you wonder if that was the play where Mike McCarthy went? You know what? I don't think I'm that bad calling the plays. Like, I think I need to call the plays. I I had a little success when I did this in Green Bay calling the plays. Maybe I'll do that next year. I mean, in fairness, the 49ers probably should have ran that play yesterday. That was probably the only play they had left in their offensive playbook after uh, Purdy went out. Do you want to start there? Do you want to start with the Niners and the Eagles game? Sure. First, let's do the breaking news, right? Uh, Ryan hit this on our text thread, and I know, Zach, you just clued me in, so maybe we can go into a little detail there. Breaking news within the last couple of hours, Brock Purdy, uh, obviously he got hurt in the game. He got hit on the arm, uh, and... A lot of uh, people speculated. Terry Bradshaw apparently is an arm doctor. Uh, all of a sudden, now said, "Oh yeah, he's lost feeling. He hit a nerve. We won't. He won't have any feeling in that till tomorrow or something like that." And turns out, it is a completely torn, as Ryan has said. Uh, is that what you got, Ryan? Completely torn yeah, UCL, the ulnar collateral ligament, I believe, is what yep. we call that. Uh, complete tear. A complete tear. And Zach says he's going for a second opinion. We're going to find out on that if he has to get the surgery. They're looking six months. Might be ready for training camp, but that is that's unbelievable. That that hit just severed whatever was there in that elbow, and I mean he couldn't throw a pass beyond five yards yesterday. Zach, I know you were watching the game as it was playing out. What were your thoughts, and what do you think now after hearing that news? Um, so we 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 watched right. I mean, okay, it it was it was really a whirlwind because. He gets hurt right away. Right. Yeah. Right? It, like second it was, play of the game or third play. Yeah. And they they trot out the backup quarterback. And and at the time you're like, well, they've done this all year. Right. Right. They've played they've played defense. They've been good on special teams. Here comes Josh Johnson. Um and then they can't get a playoff. Right, I yeah, think he three delay three, of game penalties in the first. Uh, yeah, in the first series and a half. Yep. Um, and I was like, man, I you know at this point, like, even if he can't throw, you almost have to go back to Purdy just to get a playoff. Um, and they did go down the field and tie the game. Right, so it was seven seven, um, and then it seemed like the uh, referees stepped in and drove the Eagles down the field, and it was fourteen seven. <laughs> Um, uh, I feel like we're gonna do this all day, aren't we? Okay, keep going. Well, no, I mean it. It it was it was the, the whole drive was really penalties, you know, and and they were probably legit penalties, but um, it really was a drive by the refs. I mean, they did they the Eagles themselves did not do much on that drive. Um, but that said, like then then they turned the ball over. Yep. Before the half, right? They decide to go aggressive. He turns it over. 
And that's pretty much the ball game. Um, and so it, w- it was interesting in watching the game because like they, they I mean, it was clear he wasn't going to throw a pass. Yeah, it right? seemed like four plays into that, like you knew pretty quickly, like, yeah, he's not throwing right. anything. Right, because he came out, they went negative play on first down on a run. On second and 14, they went draw. And on, like, third and 13, they he threw a little two-foot screen. And you're like, all right, clearly he can't throw. Um, it seems like malpractice that they didn't have another quarterback on the roster. I'll get to that point uh, because I got thoughts on that, and I because they're not alone. I mean, everybody's gone away from having three quarterbacks to two, and I got to think that that's got to go away next year. Ryan, um, watching the game, uh, I you know, it just felt like to me. I think Zach brings up the point, but I want to hear your thoughts too. I thought Shanahan did get a little aggressive there, 14-7. They're trying to score before the half, try to level the game at 14. They turn it over, down 21-7. My philosophy here, at least my thought is, all right, it's 14-7. Just get it to the half at 14-7. Give yourself 15 minutes to cobble together a game plan for Josh Johnson. Come out in the second half and see what you can do. I don't know if that's your school of thought as well, or did you think, you know what, they're screwed either way. I don't know. What? Let me hear what you have and to say. It should be noted they were getting the ball out of half. Okay, perfect. I didn't know that either, so that's great. Ryan, go ahead. Yeah, I, I think if it's me and I'm, I'm, I'm kind of, I'm not usually of a mind with you on that, Tim. I, I don't usually go with that that mentality, especially going into half. If I'm if I'm getting the ball back, I want to double dip. I want the extra points. I want to be able to take a possession uh, uh, into the half. Um, but in that situation, I mean, Josh Johnson didn't look remotely prepared for that situation. Right, he didn't. He didn't even look like he was. He was ready to, to step in as an emergency, right? Let alone as the backup. So you know, it, it was a. Uh, um, I think it was a mistake to go so aggressive into the half. I think that uh, they should have been a little bit more conservative and just taken the fourteen-seven. Uh, and I, I would have liked to have seen them be a little more creative in getting. Uh, getting their playmakers the ball. You really didn't see a whole lot of Ayuk. You saw a lot of Kittle. You didn't see uh, you saw, you didn't see more Debo than normal. You didn't see more Christian McCaffrey than normal. It, it just felt like they tried to run their normal game plan that they could just do what they normally do with, with their other quarterbacks with Josh Johnson. And, and to me, that felt like a mistake. And I also thought like, so once we established that Purdy can't pass, and we kind of established that pretty quickly in the third quarter. Johnson goes out, Purdy comes back in. At what point? Because Zach, I think you you said it to me. Like I was like, well, why don't why not just keep dumping it off, throwing screens, throwing little two yard outs, throwing little things? And you're like, well, the line's playing up, linebackers are playing up. There's no surprise there. There's no whatever, and that makes good sense. Why not? Why didn't we see more of? McCaffrey trying to pass or the occasional pass or at least the threat of a halfback pass or the threat of a Debo Samuel pass on a jet sweep or something like that. Like why, why didn't we see them try different things, especially as Ryan is saying, got to get the playmakers, the ball. I feel like that would have been the only way to do it. Right. Yeah. And and let's, I mean, I think, I think we were being a little hard on, on their decision to go for it here a little bit because I mean Johnson did leave lead a touchdown drive the drive before. 
he came out and completed his first pass on that next drive for 11 yards. Yep. Um, but then he just, I mean, he just kind of flat out dropped that one, right? It, and it kind of felt like once they scored that and it became 21-7, it was over regardless, right? Even not knowing that he was out and done shortly after, right? I mean, it, it didn't, it felt like once he got hit, uh, or, or once they get and they he fumbles or they give up the touchdown, right? And it's 21, seven. It felt like it was over. It did. I, let's, let's go back though, Tim, to the decision, right? Not to, I mean, they did, it's like they didn't, they didn't have any, I mean, I guess you don't plan to not be able to throw the ball, but like at some point, no, you got to go, like, you have to throw a halfback pass. You have to, you know, go double reverse pass. You have to, you have to do something to try to throw it down the field. Um, yeah, hundred percent. Because even you're all you're playing for are home runs, right? It's the equivalent of a baseball team down four and just trying to like, hey, we need to get a couple guys on and hit home runs and hit grand slams. Like all they were looking for was one big play. You know, if they could have got it, they could have got back in the game, and they never gave themselves a chance to make the big play. No, and they did. They did not play well defensively either. I mean. Let, let's let's say that too, right? Let's give Philadelphia some credit. Philadelphia played well. They controlled the game. Um, Jalen Hurts was, you know, he Jalen Hurts like splashes, but it's like I keep waiting for him to put a full game together, and I get the argument that he didn't have to do a whole lot in this one, right? And I mean, at one point we said they should never throw the ball again in this game. Yep. Um, but I'll, I'll be honest with you. I you know I have a para in my classroom that shows up for about 15 minutes of class and then disappears every day. <laughs> and I'm just going to start calling him Jalen Hurts. Because <laughs> that's what it really feels like. <clears throat> um, but, ba- okay, let's go back to this 49ers, though, and, like, the lack of a third quarterback. Because the more yeah. I thought about it today, the more upset I got. Um, and, then, and then I got another little nugget to go with that. To me... It seems egregious not to have a third quarterback in a playoff game. I understand why teams do it during the regular season. Because if, you know, worse like right, if you get two quarterback injuries, then yeah, okay, you punt on this game and you regroup for the next one. But in the playoffs, like it's your whole season. It like and we I mean, I guess I don't know what impact the fifty third guy is. Like a ninth corner, like a, right. a or, you seventh know, running or a linebacker. Well, let's just let's just put it this way. I I don't know what happens if you end up short one defensive back because of injury, right? I don't know what happens if you are short a wide receiver because of injury, but I do know if you don't have a quarterback, you lose. Right? I mean, that's that's basically as as much as forfeiting. Right, so it feels like you got to have the third quarterback on the roster. And yeah, this is yeah, I agree with you, I totally agree. And this is com- this was commonplace. I know Zach and I, when we were growing up, every team carried three. Hell, some teams carried four. Like I can remember a time when Brad Johnson was like the fourth string quarterback for the Vikings. So Ryan, with all the concussion protocol stuff that's out there. And I know we're going to get Zach's other point here in a second, but with all the concussion protocol stuff out there and guys seeming like they could get taken off the field in a moment's notice, 
don't you feel like every team's going to see this and say, we better start carrying the practice squad guy as a dressed third guy every every week? Do you see that as a possibility? Or are we overreacting to one game? In the playoffs. In the playoffs. But I'm saying regular season too. Ryan, your thoughts? I think the thing that's going to change that the mentality that we've seen the last few years is the change of like the Tua rules this year. Right when a guy can just get pulled off the field for for unforeseen reasons, right? Like you don't have a say in whether or not he's on the field. Like you need to be able to control something, and knowing that you have at least two guys in your pocket that say, "I've got two more guys that can go. I don't need an emergency guy. I've got my third string." I think that's what's going to change more so than I don't think you're going to see four guys on there ever, right? I don't think you'll ever see a team carry four. Uh, Is that that to me feels like a a bit of a waste, right? Because you need that position somewhere else. But a third quarterback, I definitely think is, is on the horizon. I think it's a philosophy change that we're going to see over the, over the next couple of years. Uh, but I definitely think you'll see some teams that are going to learn that lesson the hard way. I think the Niners were the first of those teams that learned that lesson the hard way. They learned it last night. Uh, but the, there's going to be a lot of teams that learn over the next couple of years that, you know, we don't have a quarterback. We don't win the game. And we only brought two because we wanted to. We wanted to bring an extra wide receiver. We wanted to bring an extra defensive back, and and that's that's a mistake. And it's it's going to come back to bite a couple of teams, and that's where the copycat league's going to going to sink in, and and then those teams are going to be the the cautionary tales of the league moving forward. And you're right. It's especially with the tour rules, right? Where a guy can get pulled off the field in a second. Like Johnson hits his head on the back, hits the back of his head on the turf, and that was it. Even if Johnson, I think, was feeling well. I feel like the league would have pulled him off the field regardless in that situation, and he may not have got back on the field um, and, regardless. And because of that rule and, and trying to protect quarterbacks, you had a quarterback back on the field that shouldn't have been out there. 100%. Yeah, right? Now, he may not have been able to damage that elbow worse, but, I mean, he was basically defenseless. So here here is my little nugget from this whole thing, too. Um. Kurt Benkert, he was the, you know, like the third string in Green Bay for a while, um, and he had signed with San Francisco this year once he got released at one point, and so um, he was on the 49ers roster. Um, I'm trying to think, he in in September, and he got released in October, but then he like re-signed a week later, and was on again until November, and then he got released. And in mid-December, he said on Twitter that he had an offer from an NFL team to sign, and again, as a practice squad quarterback, and he declined it. He said it's been, it had been a roller coaster of a year already. Um, at the time, he was looking at playing in the XFL. Since then, he said he's not going to do that either. He's been spending time with his family, and it sounds like he's pseudo-retired. But I wonder if that team was the 49ers. Mm. And it makes me wonder if possibly they carry three quarterbacks in a playoff game if it's a guy that they have had all year and knows their stuff, right? Like, I guess I can get it a little bit if you're like, you're not going to bring in, you know, Cam Newton for the playoffs and make him your third quarterback and he doesn't know anything. But maybe, maybe that's what happened there. And then if that's, if that is what happened, it's a really interesting decision by him and by the team then too. And I just think like you have to, at some point, if you're Kyle Shanahan go, you know what? Uh, I haven't had the best of luck 
with keeping quarterbacks healthy in my tenure here in San Francisco. Uh, we've had injuries every year at the position. I just feel like you have to give yourself every opportunity to have as many op. You might need all the options. Like he went through four guys this year alone. So I just can't imagine why he wouldn't have another guy, but I think that's going to change long-term. I think Shanahan will never make this mistake again. I think Shanahan will have three guys every every year going forward, Also, starting next year. I'm amazed that he didn't go to some sort of wildcat option in the game. Like Why, why keep Purdy out there to hand the ball off when you know he's not going to throw it? That's a great question. But once once that cat was out of the bag that they're not throwing right and we and we knew he wasn't throwing then what are you gaining by him handing the ball off other than maybe you have more plays that you can call but I guess I don't you probably negate that knowing that the defense knows that it's all a run. So here's here's my question moving forward for the Niners. So what you're saying is they need an Iron Man who has not missed a snap, who has not missed a, uh, a a game, a start. I already proposed that trade to you yesterday, and you said no. Yeah, I don't. I don't want Brock Purdy. Why not? not you wouldn't want Brock Purdy for a for a million dollars a year versus a guy making forty. I don't know that I buy Brock Purdy. You don't, don't have to. You don't have to. You don't have to start Brock Purdy. You can keep him as your backup. You know, I actually, you, when know you buy Nick Mullins instead. What the, the, the two well, no, thirds, you can draft one the or two something. thirds that I missed the two thirds that I missed in that trade that Zach brought up later. I didn't want to say anything because I didn't want Zach to get a big head when I said Zach was right. But uh, yeah, I might do it for two thirds. But, you know, I, I'm I am saying that, you know, if if they wanted a quarter, if it, look, if there is a team that is desperate for a quarterback that believes that they are in win now mode. Now that the cap's getting bigger. Maybe San Francisco wants to pull the trigger on old Kirk Cousins. I'm just saying. See, I originally thought, Ryan, you were going to say about a 45-year-old quarterback who's also pretty durable that never seems to get hurt, that likes to play in a West Coast system and has always wanted to play for the 49ers. I, I don't know. I feel like Tom's feelings are hurt too much when they said no to him last time. Oh. so You think, you, you think he would go back to him now? I wonder if I'm Tom just, goes to the New York Jets. I'm just saying, Tom. Want, I think Tom wants to go to the West Coast, and if you play in the NFC West, it's a hell of a lot better than playing in the AFC West, where you got to play Mahomes and you got to deal with Herbert yeah, twice but you don't a think year. He craves that? You don't think he wants? I don't think he wants to play Mahomes twice a year. I don't think his, he does. His whole thing is like the last hurdle for him. The only last like chip on his shoulder that he has to prove is he's played in the two shittiest historical divisions in football his entire career. Oh, but he's played tough teams every year. He had to go against Manning against the Colts every Doesn't year. Matter. Doesn't matter. He was a shoe in division champion every year. They could he could have won that division at at nine and seven every year in New England, and we you all can't know be, it. he can't be held responsible for that, especially he since he's he won Super but, Bowls. But we all know what a competitor he is, and we know that he'll hold himself to that standard. He went to the Bucks and won a Super Bowl. End of discussion. In in again, one of the worst divisions in football. I don't. I don't think we're knocking him for that, Tim. But no, I think it feels like a knock. Feels I'm like saying, a little I'm bit saying, of a slight I'm by saying, Ryan. I'm saying that if he goes somewhere, he might choose to go to a tough division to prove he can win it. 
I want to prove this point real quick. Ryan, since he got his big arm tattoo, sick as a dog. Um, Just wanted to put that out there as a correlation. I, right, go ahead. The, uh, the last thoughts on this game, um, it, it really did feel... I mean, I stopped watching it after a certain point. Right? It It was no longer interesting. There was nothing... I, I went and made dinner, um, you know, and stepped away from football a little bit just because it was such a, a blowout and you didn't feel like they could come back, right? There is also also my five-year anniversary, so. Well, I, there you go. I had to do some of that work too. But, yeah, I just think, you know, right, it, it really was not worth watching at all. Yeah, once, and that's the problem that the NFL's got to step into. It's like, man, we can't have teams running wing T in a playoff game, 50 million people watching. We can't, that's not the, we can't have it. Like, we've got to find, that was, that became a not watchable football game with a half to go. There, there was a rule at one point in the NFL, and I don't know exactly how it worked, but you, you would have an, an emergency quarterback. And, but the rule was, that it, he didn't take count as a roster spot, but once you went to him, you could not go back to the other two. Yeah. Um, I wonder if the NFL looks at bringing that back. And, yeah, the case of emergency, break the right, glass guy. Yeah, right. You can still bring him. He doesn't count for against your 53, but if you use him, you can't go back to any of the other two guys. I'd be open to that. I got to think everybody would be after this, this game. All right. And, and again, even if they have that break, emergency quarterback we're not saying they win the game but no they probably still lose and credit Nick Sirianni for being the opposite of Brandon Staley like get a lead observe the situation and uh plan your game plan accordingly yeah I thought Sirianni did a really good job in the second half of like okay we officially know they can't do anything we're just going to play this kind of defense we're going to do this kind of offense we're going to run the clock out and get out of here pretty good like I thought Nick Sirianni coached a really good game yesterday all right, Ryan, I'm going to give you first crack at Cincinnati, Kansas City. Chiefs win. Uh, they win at the gun. Little Harrison Butker, field goal action. Mahomes actually, I thought, played pretty well on one leg. Uh, I don't know the severity of his ankle injury. I'm clear. I'm sure they shot it up with something. Uh, they may not say that, but I'm pretty sure they did. Um, but he, you know, he threw for 300 yards, didn't turn the ball over. I thought played pretty well. Your thoughts on that game? I thought that this game was in a vacuum on its way to being one of the best games that we'd seen in the playoffs in a long time. It was back and forth, both teams making mistakes, both teams taking advantage, both teams doing good things. However, big however, this was one of the most poorly officiated football games I have seen in my 30 years of watching football. And it almost completely ruined how good I thought the game was. And awesome, cool, nice storylines going into the Super Bowl, fun. But for a league that just got into bed with organized gambling, for a league that all year has had problems with officiating, for a league that continues week after week after week to see NFL rigged in some variation trending on social media, and for a league that is at its at its biggest stage, other than the Super Bowl, right? Net, the, the next biggest stage, seeing this happen, I don't understand how Ron Torbert and his entire st- his his entire crew are ever working a football game again in the NFL. It was 
sloppy. It was poorly run. It was poorly managed. It, the flags were, were inconsistent. The, the calls were inconsistent. I mean, there, there was nothing about this game that was well officiated and it overshadowed the entire game. And that is the crime of, of officiating. Now, we can say that, you know, game was rigged. I was going to say but there are a lot of people on Twitter who also say there are elections that are rigged too, and we try not to give them are, a lot of credence. So let's let's keep that all in perspective. That, you know, game game was rigged, but I, I just want to draw that this line one more time. It becomes almost odious when you have the organized gambling angle, new resisted for a long time for this kind of reason, the, the sanctity of the game, and then questions about officiating coming up the year it begins. And and to me, to me, now you have people questioning the validity of the game. And if you don't fix the referees, you have to get rid of the gambling. And and that's I I don't want to get rid of gambling. I was going to say that cat's out of the bag and right. no getting it back. Gambling. Cause I, I like the gambling. I think the gambling adds, adds fun and interest to every single game, whether my team's involved or not, which is exactly what the NFL wants, right? Every market every week is interesting. Now Jacksonville is an interesting team in Los Angeles and that's good. Right. But that means you have to fix the referees because you can't have people asking questions. You can't. You have to find a way to make it clean. And and that to me is the story of the game. And it's a shame that that's the story of the game. And again, I'm going to say this and then I'm going to let Zach get in. I got to, this is me, the staunch, the staunch stance person that I am saying I am not moving on this. Games are not rigged. Uh, there is a long way from incompetence to malfeasance. And I'm, I just think it's very important we observe that. Uh, do I think the refereeing is great? No, I don't. I don't. Do I think the better team won yesterday? Yeah, I do, actually, because I think the Bengals had myriad opportunities to win that game in the fourth quarter, and they didn't do it. They had two drives in the last eight minutes, didn't move the ball, had a ball go off the helmet of Jamar Chase. Um, and if we start to get down this road where we let, where there's basically two choices, and the choices are, well, we either won the game or the refs jobbed us, then we got nothing. Like, we got nothing here because – uh, we're, we're no longer holding players accountable. Unfortunately, this is kind of part of the society right now. And I don't want to hear the NFL's rig because like, these are the same people who go to high school basketball games and complain about referees. These are the same people that I see going to fourth grade traveling basketball games and complaining about referees. They just are never happy. Hell, I was at a poker game Saturday night and they thought the wild officiating could get rigged at times. They just, they're, they're never satisfied. I, that being I, said. Go ahead, Brian. Go ahead. Must have missed my invite to that poker game. You're well. You're. What are you talking about? I think I told you that that game was then. Did I? I I had no clue. Damn. That's fine. I'm Uh, sure you were doing something that day. I'm sure you were. Okay. Here. Here's. uh, Here's my thoughts, and I, I, I lean a little bit towards what Ryan was saying in that, like, the the way that game ended left me very frustrated. Like, why did I waste three and a half hours watching this um, for it to end like this? And then, and when I got to thinking about it more after, you know, getting you riled up a little bit. Yeah. Love it. Um, Thank you for that. I thought that I, that's a call that I don't want made 
at the end of the game to decide it. But I'm also a guy who doesn't, I don't think you, you should change the way you officiate based on how much time's left. So I settled on the fact that I don't want, I, I think there's too many flags and too many things legislated right now. And we need to get back to more of a let them play, right? Let the players decide it um, in all facets. And that's going to mean probably scoring takes a slight dip because you're going to have some defensive holds that don't all get called or some questionable pass interferences that don't get called. And it would be a, it would it would be a reset, right? Because everyone will bitch the first time when it starts happening of like that should be called, that should be called. But I think we need to get back to letting the players decide the game more, um, and less things called. And the the other thing too, we're having quarterbacks especially, but players running down the sideline, like it puts defenses in a really tough spot. We agree on this, right? Because that quarterback. You know, just just like when Pickett fake slid a couple years ago in college, right? And then he, he kind of did the half slide and kept going and picked up another 20 yards. Well, it's the same thing down the sideline. Like, okay, is this guy actually going to step out of bounds or is he going to keep going and try to get five more yards? And so that's where you're getting some contact on the edge, and that's not necessarily what happened here. But it's just it's such a tough spot to put defenders in um, that I really – I don't know. It feels like if they're getting hit on that white area, maybe that is something that shouldn't be called. I I would prefer to see more of the Nikel Roby Coleman hitting Tommy Lee Lewis early no call than the Joseph Osai bumping Patrick Mahomes out of bounds call. I think the refs have been consistent on that late hit call all season long, though. Like, he was on the white, and he did get hit. They've been consistent with that call most of the year. It is. I do agree, Zach. It's a tough call. It's a tough call. I completely agree it is. It's really unfair for the defender. But at if least they, they have Pacheco's called that all getting, year. If Isaiah Pacheco's taking that hit, is he getting that call? I think he is. I, well, I think two two pieces of that. One, like, we're calling it a hit. It wasn't much of a hit. He really just titty-bumped him. Two, That was a little more than a titty-bump. Two... Mahomes flopped like LeBron <laughs> and got the call, you know, and which, which we, I mean, and we can talk about LeBron too, because that's part of what you were talking about, right? Everyone who complains about officials and whatever. I mean, there's your prime example. 100%. Right. Him at, I mean, first of all, it didn't lose the game, right? They still had five minutes of overtime, which they could have won. Yep. And if the game was that important, then Patrick Beverly shouldn't be taking a camera from the sidelines and showing the ref and picking up a technical to start overtime. Completely agree. Right? Because that you're you're speaking out of both sides of your mouth now. Um also I agree. It's, it's boy who called it's the boy who cried wolf stuff. And that goes to all sports, right? You can't they never like NBA guys and NFL guys never believe they commit a penalty and always believe they have been you know that they are being held or being you know pushed or being late hit or being pass interfered or whatever so it's like okay when a call finally gets missed like you can't have it you can't sit here and say you're getting held on every play at some point we got to play football and if now you're forcing the referees to make calls or no calls in tough situations in the case of the NBA they didn't make the call in the case of the NFL they did and so that's where it's like 
the the players at some point need to play football or play basketball, and the coaches at some point need to coach and stay out of it and let the refs ref the game. But the problem is, is that there's pissing and moaning on literally every play. And what are the refs supposed to do? I, I, did, I did like two people are like, oh, he's just a competitor. Like, no, that's not, that's like the opposite of being a competitor. Right? Like the people who defended LeBron. Being yeah. a competitor is going back to the huddle and saying, you know, F this, let's go win this game now in these next five minutes. Yeah, getting somebody's ass in the overtime. Yeah, it's not flopping around on the ground and pounding and, like, it, that, that, I mean, that is literally, like, if if somebody said to you, like, you know, oh, I mean, LeBron, is he's going to be the all-time scorer here in a couple games. He's, you know, won so many championships. He's done all these things. Like, why do people hate him? Like, there's that's a 10-second clip right, right there. Mm-hmm. Like and look, I'm not, I'm not a LeBron hater. I I think he's been fun. I ne- I in my life I don't think I could ever have thought that I would have I would have seen someone like Michael Jordan or Kobe Bryant do that. Never, you'd have never seen it. Jordan got his ass kicked nightly by the Detroit Pistons and the Boston Celtics. Like every night, New York Knicks every night would just get up. Yeah, that's when they actually called fouls back then. So, I don't know. I just get I get complaining about that. I, I do. And Zach, I and both of you guys make good points. I do agree with you, Zach. I think the league is over-legislated. And I think it's making the job impossible for the officials. Like, it really is. Because there's 25,000 rules and 25,000 variations of the rules. Like, is it pass interference or is it defensive holding? Is it illegal contact or is it, the, you know, what? And it's just... Is it running into the kicker or is it roughing the kicker? And they're putting the refs to all these judgment calls instead of like having as many black and white calls as you can possibly get. Like I noticed they don't get false start wrong very often because it's a pretty black and white call. Delay a game. It's a pretty black and white call. Even the holding calls, for the most part, they get holding right. When they, when they call holding, they go back to a replay you see holding. Nine times out of ten. But most of the calls, like pass interference is a judgment call. Roughing the quarterback is a judgment call, you know, but they've over-legislated the shit out of these officials and they've forced the the refs to make some calls that are going to be unpopular no matter what. And and I think the solution here is not to necessarily make it more, to make it less of a, a, a judgment call, but to help with the judgment, right? Because there's holding on every play, but occasionally there is holding that rises to the level that requires a flag. If we could say there is pass interference or defensive contact on every play, but occasionally there is pass interference that rises to the to the the threshold that says this warrants a flag, right? Not only would that would that help defenders play in a in a league where they've been they've been largely defanged and not allowed to play their positions, it would help the refs in that well it rose to that threshold, right? It's 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 now, you know, we, we see it every play. Everybody's playing physically. Now we can throw the flag because that's obvious, right? That we have to call that. And then the guys horse, know what that line is. Like when they create, when they put the horse to collar tackle penalty in, like that was a pretty black and white thing. And when they call that, that's pretty obvious. And I don't think they get that call wrong very often because it's a very plain, there's clear criteria for a horse collar tackle and it's clearly enforced. But like pass interference, again, I beg some, it's like pornography with pass interference. Like, well, I know it when I see it. It's like, I need you to do better than that. Like, I need to get some clear parameters on pass interference and the difference 
between pass interference and illegal contact and defensive holding. What's the difference? And, and part, I don't know the that, difference. Part of that is you've got to get rid of, I think you got to get rid of illegal contact. I, I, I hate that penalty. I think it's such a cheap penalty. It's so stupid. I mean, this is, if you're a professional receiver and, and you can't get off of contact past five yards, you got to You got to do something different, right? You have to adjust. Defenders playing you physically. I would. It, I. I just. I would prefer that they get rid of all these automatic first downs. That's my next point. That, that was think, my next point. Go I ahead. Think that kills. Right. It's third and twenty-five, and someone gets called for illegal contact, and it's like, well, five-yard penalty and a first down. You know that. That seems to be ridiculous to me. I'm um, two things. I want to get rid of spot fouls and I want to get rid of automatic first downs. I want to get rid of all of those things. Except for like personal just, fouls, I think. Personal fouls, I think. Can a be personal fun. foul that's 15 yards is going to be an automatic first down almost anywhere. Like, so if you call somebody for roughing the passer or pass interference, okay, fine. But I want it to be 15 yards max. Face masking, sure. I don't want. I don't want spot fouls anymore. I don't want spot fouls, and I want as many automatic first downs legislated out of the books as humanly possible. I'm okay with spot fouls on pass. But do you know what you know what I want more than anything, Tim? I want to stop talking about fucking referees. Well, stop bringing it up. I'll stop talking about it. I never want to talk about it. As soon as soon as they stop being fucking garbage on national television, I'll stop talking about it. As soon as the NFL fixes the fucking problem. I'll stop talking about it. And I want to stop talking about it. So I want the NFL to fix the fucking problem. It, it would have been egregious for us not to talk about it, but we haven't talked really much about the game at all. The last thing I'll say on officials is that the TV stations don't do them any favors. No. They, they show they show 15 replays in slow motion and bring it up constantly. And then they go back to it too, right? If you're, I mean, they're like, oh, here's another look at it from three plays ago. Like I, you know, it almost feels like the NFL needs to tell their TV affiliates, like you can reshow it one time, but stop showing it eight times. And it's again, it's not fair because the officials don't get that luxury of looking right. at it at, at 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 millimeter speed. You know what I mean? Like one six hundredth speed. They're looking at it live speed, and they got to make a call within a split yeah. second. I, and I just think like we get the benefit of looking at it from seventy nine different angles. And we get the benefit of looking at it in super slow-mo. They do not. And yep. I think that's something that we forget. And I think that's important we keep that in mind. I will say one last thing on this one too, Zach, because I kind of I'm with on that. I think the NFL has got to stop. We've said this three, four, five weeks ago. They've got to stop being cheap. They need to hire these guys as full-time employees. You work for the NFL now. You don't work for the NFL and you're also a lawyer in your free time or you're also an accountant or you also run a law firm. No, no, no. If you want to be an official, you give up whatever it is that you do and you come work here full time where you spend the off season in the lab or refing XFL games or doing whatever it is that we're doing to make you better. And you will know these rules inside and out and you will call, you will ref simulated games and all the training camp stuff and you will know your shit by September because you're going to be full time and this is your whole life now. Well, and like, I think, I think they got to do that. Would, that would help because um so we you know the phantom third down play that got restarted right? So the 
the back official comes running in because the clock is running, right? And he wants to stop it. But if you go back and listen, the referee on the play before says the play clock and the game clock will start on my signal. And then he starts it, right? And so why didn't they, like, so if that was the mistake, they should have caught that mistake before the ball's getting snapped 20 seconds later. Um, but I, I agree. I think there's a lot of times that these guys are in situations that they're not used to, right? Because they don't, they've only seen it one time, right? They've only seen it twice. They're not experiencing it live. So refing more games, like if you want to partner with the XFL, if you want to do, and then you want to try some of these penalties too, right? If it's, if the XFL is truly going to become like a minor league and the place for the NFL to experiment, like there's a great way to do it with the referees, right? Like, Hey, let's try not having spot falls on pass interference. Let's try having, you know, this as a kid, whatever. Like, I think that's a good move. Um, as far as the game itself goes, I, I think two things were really the difference. One, the Bengals were not able to run the ball at all. Like, yeah, Mixon disappeared. You know, they they ran the ball well in previous weeks. They did not run the ball at all in this one. Secondly, their O-line just gave up way too many pressures and sacks. Um, and those were things that did not happen in the previous weeks. And so credit to Kansas City for, um, you know, probably being the cause of some of that too, right? It's not just that Baltimore failed. It's that Kansas City succeeded in that, um, and they won the game. So. Yeah, Mixon kind of disappeared. He just wasn't the factor that I thought he was going to be in the game. And Chris Jones took over. Like the offensive line for Cincinnati just could not figure out Chris Jones in the latter stages of the game because I felt like he got to Burrow whenever he wanted, especially in the last few minutes. And that's where some of these calls that Ryan's speaking to kind of forget those pieces. But like Chris Jones took the game over in the fourth quarter and Burrow lost the ability to kind of sit there and just dance around. And the Tyler Boyd injury, I thought, really did change things because, like, when they were having him as the underneath guy, I felt like they were getting stuff all day because the the Chiefs really couldn't double up Chase and uh, Higgins. But then they started to because they were like, yeah, whatever. We're not worried about Irwin. We're not worried about the tight ends. We're, and Boyd's out, so we're just going to double these guys on the outside and take that away. And I thought they were successful in that. So, Zach... I mean, Ryan, let me, or both, either doesn't matter, I guess. Uh, are we now, are we excited for the game? I know last night, Zach, you said that uh, Philly by 30, I'm not excited for the game, zero interest in it. Has that changed? Um, yeah, I mean, I'm just, I'm not overly excited for it. Um, I mean, this is probably up there on my, like, least interesting Super Bowls. Maybe we'll get there coming up. I just... Um, I'm kind of burnt out with the chiefs, right? It's been five years in a row that they've been to this point or the super bowl. And, um, Philly, Philly just doesn't excite me. Like they're, I don't know. So yeah, I, I hope Philly wins by 30. That wasn't a prediction. I just would like, <laughs> that was, a, that was, I hope I'm like, I'd like them to blow them out. Um, but I, you know, I guess I just don't have a, Right now, no. I think I, the the problem, like I said, is we got to the end of the day yesterday and the first game was a washout and frustrating and the second game left you feeling really unfulfilled 
And it was like a wasted day of NFL football on a day that's supposed to be a great day of NFL football. Yeah, I can listen to that. And Ryan, uh, I, I can't imagine you're – I mean, I know you were mad yesterday. You can't root for the Eagles in two weeks, can you? I mean, you're not going to be able to root for Philadelphia in two weeks. No. I don't really care, to be honest with you. I'm just going to enjoy a game. Uh, it's, you're going to enjoy Rihanna at halftime. Well, that too. That's correct. Uh, I'm more into Rihanna at uh, halftime than I am the game. But uh, no, I, we. I mean, we have we have no plans for the Super Bowl. We're just going to kind of sit. I'll watch the game. I'll enjoy it. And remember, a few years ago, before we had a kid, when I was going out to a Super Bowl party with friends, with food and some. Would you do you want me and Zach to come over? Just get the shit off your walls, and maybe Zach and I will come over and hang out with you. No, I, you know it's it's all clean over here. It's just going to be a matter of you know just <laughs> sleep. Uh, and uh, he's just so sad. Ryan sounds so sad. <laughs> everything's just. I'm just tired, Tim. I, I on top of being. I don't mean to just personal moment here okay we'll give you come Uh, on take the floor uh, if you need it if um, you need it i'll give it to you on top of being sick this week we were also sleep training the kid and uh maybe not the best time to do that but sleep training yeah yeah learning to let him fall asleep by himself rather than us having to rock him to sleep so just try some whiskey that usually works no i'm kidding i'm just i'm not advocating maybe for me uh (laughs) and it was it was uh, not a whole lot of not a whole lot of sleep this week. I think I maybe I took an hour and a half long nap yesterday. I think that was the most consecutive sleep I got until I slept the whole night last night. So, not you know, Zach, you know what I, I say Zach, about a of four kids. Can you help? Can you help Ryan here? You're a father of a couple young kids, and I mean, give him something. As I say, I'd like help to tell him. you that it gets better, but the other day, like the two and the three year old are crawling into bed at like two a.m. And and not to go back to sleep, but can we watch Paw Patrol? <laughs> no. <laughs> and then they yeah. throw a fit, and then you know it's two a.m. <laughs> I gotta use the bathroom. Come with me. Like oh my, God, it's and and I'll be honest, Caitlin does a lot more of that than I do in the middle of the night because she hears them right away. Yeah. But man, that it is it doesn't get easy. I mean, maybe when they're like. Five or six, then you you got to look forward to that. <laughs> oh, good. <laughs> <laughs> you hear that, honey? Let's start the clock. <laughs> Five years. Start the clock. Oh, it's so good. Oh, man. Hey, uh, in other news real quick, let's hit some quick uh, – Oh, I almost lost the pod there for a minute, but I guess we're okay. Is everybody back? Good. Yeah, we're we're going to continue rolling. Um, quick news around the league as we uh, we kind of wrap this pod up. Frank Reich was hired as the head coach at Carolina. One of the vacancies has been filled. Uh, does not sound like Sean Payton's going to take a job this year. Sounds like he's going to hang out. Um, well, surprised Ryan, at the Frank? Go Ryan, ahead. Ryan had a little. Oh, Ryan did have some steam the, yesterday. Yeah. And a rumor and a potential rumor. Uh, first of all, uh, any thought? Does Frank Reich excite you? Were you surprised by that one at all? Um, I guess I was a little surprised. surprised by two different things. Okay, you say surprised a little, Zach. Let's hear it. Yeah, I, I mean, not that he's not a good coach, and not that um, I 
like that he got another job or anything like that. Um, I'm just surprised that it ended up in Carolina and as quickly as it did. So they must have been told by a couple other candidates that they were out. Um, and then they felt the need to act. And that's fine. Like, I think he'll be a fine coach. I just, I was surprised how quickly that got done. Um, I mean, did they not want to talk to D'Amico Ryans? Did they not? I don't know. It seems like there there's a lot of other good names out there that they didn't wait on. So, And Ryan, you had thoughts yesterday that you think Ryan's to Houston because he's a former Houston Texan. You know, the fans love him there. He was a crowd favorite there. It seems like him to Houston feels like a really good fit and a done deal. Do you think that is the case? And so, when do you think that'll happen? So Pro Football Talk was saying that he's that that players in San Francisco today were saying goodbye to him as though he were leaving. And uh, it sounds like he is taking the job in Houston. He is going to be the Houston head coach. Uh, it's just a matter of time for that to get arranged and announced. But as of right now, uh, it was a few different people saying that it's D'Amico Ryan's to Houston. The rumor, which I think is more interesting, is that if the Kansas City Chiefs win the Super Bowl and Andy Reid retires, the reason Sean Payton hasn't interviewed in a second place is because he's the favorite in Kansas City to take Andy Reid's job. Uh, at the end of the season. So it's been a long run for Andy Reid. I mean, him surprising him, him retiring wouldn't necessarily be surprising at this point. Yeah, he has been uh, coaching like 25 years, right? I mean, pretty yeah. much nonstop. It's, it would, it would not be particularly surprising to see him go. Uh, and, you know, another very, you know, player friendly, likable, uh, reportedly, you know, reported culture guy, Sean Payton, uh, you know, unless you count bounty gate, uh, would, uh, would be great in uh, in Kansas City. And seeing Sean Payton and Patrick Mahomes might be a little terrifying. It, you don't feel like they'd lose a lot if they did that, right? Like you feel like they would pick up this, they lose one innovative offensive play caller and gain another innovative offensive play caller. Like, yeah. I, I feel like that would be a, that'd be a home run for Kansas City if they did that. But Andy Reid, have you gotten the vibe that Andy Reid has thought about exiting? Like I haven't gotten that vibe at all this year. Have you? Well, the the where this rumor came from was that uh Sean Payton was reportedly talking to an unnamed team. And mm. the only the the reporter that I was that I was reading this on, I don't remember her name. She's from ESPN. But the uh the reporter that I was reading this from uh, had said that uh, that it was an unnamed team, and, and one of the quote tweets uh, from from a, a league kind of person was saying that it's you know it's not unusual for teams to inquire if they still have a head coach, but they're not sure they'll have that head coach starting next year. So the one that came up was Kansas City because it doesn't really make a whole lot of sense that any teams that haven't fired their coaches already would. Uh, and retirement would be the only the only option, but everyone else has already ended their season and would have retired already. So I can't think of another position where that would be. Kansas City was the one that got rumored, and to me it makes the most sense. How about this one, Zach? Uh, so Dan Quinn pulls his name out. He's going to stay in Dallas one more year. Denver was – a lot of people thought D'Amico to Denver was going to happen. After Sean Payton said no – after Dan Quinn pulls his name out, 
after you know D'Amico Ryan's to Denver made sense. Where do they go now? Because if 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 Ryan's right and D'Amico Ryan's is in Houston, and Sean Payton's going to wait, and Dan Quinn's out, and Kellen Moore's going to LA as the offensive coordinator, what's what's the move for the Denver Broncos? <laughs> I I don't know what Denver is going to do because I think. We we all thought they needed to go experienced after this last failure, but I, I who I mean I would struggle to come up. Excuse me, I'd I'd struggle to come up with a another big time name that fits, and I but I think part of this is what we talked about. Like I, that job is not as good as Denver maybe thinks it is, right? They yeah. probably have higher opinion of themselves than other people have of them. No question about that. The Walmart guys can spend money like they could pay you. So they right. I mean, it would have to be a lucrative deal, but, but, but I so mean, well, but who, I mean, there's not a lot of draft picks. There's not a lot of other, you know, I don't know. It just, uh, I, I think they're going to end, end up having to go young again. Or, I mean, may, maybe this is where Eric Bieniemy finally gets a chance. Interesting. Yeah, it may be something like that. They may have to promote their young defensive coordinator who they really like, or they have to go out and get Eric Bieniemy, make that hire, and and make it stick. Because you're right, there's not a ton of great choices out there. And, and the Bieniemy thing might be even more possible if, like Ryan says, if they, you know, if the Kansas City job opens and they go Sean Payton, right? I mean, I think Payton might bring in some of his own people too, and and you might have some feelings hurt there that he got passed up, and so maybe I don't, you know, I don't know. I I think it's like I said, it's not as good a job as they thought it is, and they're starting to learn that now. And this is like, you know, we've talked about it before. Like if you fire your coach without having a plan. Um, sometimes this happens, right? You don't know who the next guy's going to be. And now all of a sudden you're stuck holding the bag and not sure what, and, and not that, not that they are going to be wishing that they had, you know, their guy back. It sounds like, yeah, Harbaugh, he said he's staying at Michigan. I know that their owner still made the trip up to Michigan to try to talk to him, see if they could reason with him, but I don't think they're going to get him. And then they're out of those. There's no splashy names left. Right, there's no big splashy names. Yeah, well, Benjamin Albright from from Colorado, he's on the on the the, the Broncos flagship out there, uh, said that they're still trying to pursue Harbaugh. Uh, he personally believes the Harbaugh ship has sailed. He also says that he believes D'Amico Ryan's is going to Houston, uh, but Ryan's hasn't reached out to the Broncos to tell them he's out yet. Um, but the name that he's saying is the most likely candidate for the Broncos is Eagles offensive coordinator Jonathan Gannon, which to me feels like an odd choice. Is that defensive from, coordinator Gannon? Is Gannon defensive coordinator? Because isn't Steichen in the offensive Yeah, you're right, guy? you're right. I'm sorry, you're right. Defensive, defensive yeah. coordinator uh, Jonathan Gannon. But the guy you got is odd. maybe better. The defensive coordinator you already have might be better than Jonathan Gannon. Like, I don't get that. Yeah, it's, it's not an exciting hire either way though right like either of yep. those guys is not exciting doesn't um, move me no and hey, speaking of and speaking of not exciting for both of you i gotta add this quickly uh nathaniel hackett 
OC in New York for the Jets, which has got everybody all abuzz, like, hey, we're going to run this back. It didn't work in Denver, but let's hire Nat Hackett and Aaron Rodgers might show up. Well, I'll, any, I'll say this. Any thoughts on that? Right. Aaron Rodgers has got on the record saying he likes him. And yes. when I was looking back at some of the Kurt Benkert stuff today, um, he also posted and was like, you know, I know there's a lot of Hackett haters out there, but the Jets just got better today. Um, and so, right, I mean, there's different, right? Like, just because he wasn't a great head coach doesn't mean he's not going to be a good offensive coordinator. 100%. Some guys are great D coordinators and not great head coaches or great O coordinators and not head coaches. Yeah, and we also right. We also got the report this week that Green Bay is actively trying to trade Aaron Rodgers. So, for what that's worth, I mean. I don't know. Do you think, do you, th- I just, I cannot imagine a world where Rodgers allows them to trade him to the Jets. I think the situation of him going to the Jets in, in 2024, in 2023, 2024, is much different than trading Brett Favre to the Jets in 2009. I know. It, there, I don't think he wants to be – like all of this has paralleled Brett Favre so much. I don't think he wants to continue that. I don't think he has any interest in doing that. Yeah, I don't. I don't know. I I just think about like, I think about the the weapons out in in New York. I think about how good that team can be with a quarterback. And I the other team I think about is, you know, is he the kind of guy that could end up in San Francisco? If if they decide to make a move for him, you know what what would they need to give up to to get Aaron Rodgers? And him and that offense would be kind of disgusting. But. I mean, I, I don't really know where else he goes. I don't know who else is, is willing to give up, you know, what the Packers want for Aaron Rodgers. Well, and that's part of the problem, too. They have to have things to give. Yeah. Right? I mean, you can say, like, oh, it'd be great if you went back out with, you know, with Devontae and in Vegas. But, I mean, what does Vegas have to give? I, yeah. <laughs> And and does he does he want to come back to Green Bay for another year? And do they want? I don't. I know they don't want him, but does he want to go back to Green Bay for another year? Yeah, I, it, it'll be interesting to see. I mean, we can we can speculate all we want here, but I don't think he's decided even if he's going to play next year yet or not. That's fair too. And so, what we will guarantee you is this: on this podcast, as we get into the off season, we only have one more football pod left of the year before we get into the off season. Um, one thing we'll promise you is if Rodgers is traded, that will be an emergency pod. I will put the bat signal up to Ryan and Zach, and we will break that down from all angles if it doesn't happen, uh, for sure. Uh, That is our solemn promise here at the podcast. Guys, I think we've covered, unless there's something else you're missing, I think we've covered everything we needed to cover in this. I feel really good about our setup. We're going to obviously not be with you next week because it is the bye week, and I'm not interested in breaking down the Pro Bowl games as much as uh, Peyton and Eli are doing their best to market that flag football game. I think we're going to miss that one next week. Uh, Ty and I are going to be in for some pod Paris this week. That should be fun. Zach and I are going to maybe try to get a wax in where we open up some baseball cards or open up some basketball cards here in the next week or two to try to fill up some content. Uh, Ryan and I will sure will come in here and do something. Ryan has got thoughts all over the place. So we'll have pods for you. Just we'll, we'll save the football pod till after the Super Bowl. 
We'll come back here on that Monday and we will break it all down. Everything about the game. We'll see if we like the anthem. We'll comment on Rihanna. Let's hope she's just, just, I'm confident Rihanna's going to kick kick everybody's ass. That's going to be so fun. I hope, I hope I'm rooting for it. Uh, and we'll break it all down and get us into the off season. So that'll be that. Thank you to everybody. Who listens again, uh, subscribe, comment, share out, give some love to the pod. I do appreciate you as always for listening. Uh, and, uh, can't wait to have more pods with you. We are four pods away from our 200th pod. This is episode 196. Uh, the 200th pod, I got to find something to do to blow that out. And I will. And I think it's going to be really fun when we get to that. So until next time for Zach, for Ryan, this is Tim saying, keep your head up and we'll see you. Let's ride, baby.